Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor of the train, Anthony Smith. That's right. This train is building up ahead of steam each and every day that we are on. So what I want you to do is grab your ticket, get on board, enjoy the ride. This train is going to take you on a journey, turn some corners, and maybe pick up a few passengers along the way. So what do we have on tap for today's episode? Even I don't know that. So the best way to find out is tune in and enjoy the ride of the A-Train Sports Talk podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. And we're about ready to get this train on the track. So stay tuned. It's the A-Train Sports Talk podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. The Coach's Corner is sponsored by The Health Connection, the best choice for alternative medicine and holistic healing. The Health Connection has two locations in Wichita, Kansas, 1709 West Douglas Avenue and 3101 North Rock Road, Suite 170. And they also have a third location at 1001 North Rose Hill Road in Rose Hill, Kansas. Check them out on the web at thehealthconnection.online or give them a call 316-841-0003. Back to the show. Choo-choo. This is Tracy, host of the Moonstar Podcast, and you are listening to A-Train. Buckle up, baby, and enjoy the ride. Woo! Today, I have with me coming on here in a few minutes Ivan Black in the coach's corner, strength and conditioning coach for baseball at Life Prep Academy. Had a chance to meet this young man. We are about to get him on the phone line here. Let's try the A Train Sports Talk podcast. Your host. Anthony Smith. Let's try to get him on the line here. Yes, this is A Train Sports Talk Podcast. Train Hello? And do I have the pleasure of having on the phone with me, Coach Ivan Black? How's it going? Man, I am so elated to have you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on board. This is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. And I picked up a passage. Let me take where I met this young man at. And if you see him and you see me, you'll see there's a stark contrast. I met him at Vassa Fitness Center. He looks like he's in shape. And I look like I need to be getting in shape. <laughs> I seen him doing some exercise, and I'm like, that looked like something that a batter should be doing. So I was right in my assessment. 
and comes to find out he is the strength and conditioning coach at Life Prep Academy. Welcome on board the A-Train Sports Talk podcast, Coach Ivan Black. <laughs> coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm elated to have you on here. And uh, so just to let people know a little bit about you, you are the strength and conditioning coach. And that exercise I seen you doing, I was just sweating watching you do it. So. How is it that you got into baseball? At what age did you get into baseball? And who did you play for? And what were your stats like? I started playing ball when I was probably about three. Um, my pops was really into baseball. Um, and so he wanted to make sure that that's something that we did together, you know? So I started playing real young and it was really something that I got into right away and it was about all I wanted to do. So, um, you know, I was able to play in high school at Miami Beach Senior High School. Then I went on to play after high school at a small college in North Carolina. And then I was able to play some semi-pro ball after college. Um, And so I got a little taste of the professional experience and uh, I was more of a I was more of a speed guy. I could go get the ball in the outfield, and I could run real well. But uh, eventually, it all catches up to you. I wasn't the best at the plate, and um, when it all came to an end for me, uh, I still had a passion for being around the game, and I had a particular skill set in the weight room. So it was just. It was my opportunity to stay close to the game and continue to contribute to it. Okay. And you say you uh, played, uh, went to college in North Carolina, is that correct? Yeah, it was a small school out there, Division II school. Uh, and it was um, named Pfeiffer University. And it was a uh, it was an interesting experience because I was coming from South Florida, so okay. I had to get adjusted to playing in the cold. Yeah, that that would definitely be a major adjustment. So yeah. transition from Florida to North Carolina. So, and, you know, we're, we're living in times now where, I mean, if you look at the news, I mean, you've seen how Coach Prime got a commitment to flip from going to Florida State to going to Jackson State. So seeing that you're from Florida, how happened you made the transition to go to North Carolina? Because if I could lay this out or preface this like this, even in Florida, they have some historically black college and university schools there. Did you ever think about taking that route or was North Carolina on your mind the whole time? Um, You know, it's always been – uh, something that, you know, the coaching career, it's like, it's a tough, it's a tough field to get into in the sense that it's not really mapped out. You know, you, you almost have to seek out the opportunities and take them as they come. Um, but I, I've, I've been paying attention to coach prime. He, he obviously I've known him from, you know, as a 40 some year old, I'm 43 this year. You know, I've known about him since his playing career. I've seen him. I've seen him play the game in college and in football. And you know, 
he did what he did. He was a star, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, as big as a star he was, I think his impact I, I, on, on sports, on the game, on the culture is it's going to be difficult to quantify it when his work is done because in such a short amount of time, he's had such a monumental impact and he stands to shake up basically how, uh, how, how big football has been handled in this country for, for years to come. So, you know, to even think about having some kind of impact like that, oh God, that's not even possible, but, one thing I am pretty excited to see is that, you know, our baseball is really um, opening its doors to um, to more athletes uh, that look like me. Right. And we're recognizing that it's a huge talent pool out there. And I think, you know, C- when CTE became uh, uh, something that was in the mainstream, something that we started to better understand, I think there might have been more parents that were interested in giving their kids other options than just football. Mm-hmm. And I think baseball has benefited from that because we're seeing many more African-American ball players, not just uh, being a part of uh, the game, but being some of the best stars, some of the best up and coming stars too. A lot of the best youth talent right now the guys that are projecting real high, um, they're, they're, they're kids that could have easily been playing basketball or football. Gotcha. So let me ask you this question because you are, you say, so you're originally from Florida then, but you went to school in North Carolina. So in Florida, when you look at the HBCU schools in Florida, there's like, if I'm correct, there's Florida A&M University. Uh, what other schools did they have there? Because I'm just kind of curious. Did you think about going that route for college, then end up going to North Carolina? Because I think there's a Bethune Cookman out there in Florida. Do, do those schools have baseball there? And then if they don't, then I guess that would help me understand why you took the North Carolina route. Was that even an option? Um, you know, I think it was North, the school chose me really because. Um, you know, showcasing is a bigger part of the game nowadays. Mm-hmm. You have many to choose from, and you know, if you have the the uh, the means, you can you can go to several of these things and get a lot of exposure um, every year. You know, back then they did they tended to do uh, a, a lot less, <laughs> and so um, it was at a showcase where I was recognized by. Um, the coach that I eventually went to play for. Okay. Um, so it was really, I, I, I never wanted to leave South Florida when it came to my collegiate career. Um, so it was, uh, it just kind of happened that way, but I, I hope I'm answering your question correctly. Cause yeah. got, got a little bit of feedback. We're going in and out a little bit. Okay. Yeah. I'm working with some new equipment here and haven't got all the levels adjusted, right. I have the in and out, but uh, the other thing, so you played a while. How did you transition into coaching? Because I know it d- doesn't just happen, but at some point when you say, hey, you know what? I still want to be connected to the game. So when did the coaching bug hit you? Because that's always a given. You play the game. You don't want to get away from the game. 
you want to find a way to get back into the game. And here it is, coaching. So how did that transition take place? Actually, you know, I owe that all to my dad. Um, I was, I was, um, you know, kind of looking for that next opportunity. And I might have, you know, definitely actually <laughs> at the time kind of been getting a little frustrated with the search because I wasn't getting much closer to it um, as I thought. But turns out I was, you know, so while I'm getting frustrated looking for jobs, looking for uh, a future, looking for a career path, you know, in my mid-20s, my dad, who had just invited me over for dinner, said, you know, come on over, let's sit down, let's eat, let's talk. Uh, in conversation, he just, you know, I was, I was sharing that frustration with him. And, you know, letting him know, you know, what I was going through and how, you know, I was seeking a career path, looking to figure out what I was going to do next. And, you know, he said, well, well, what do you want to do right now? You know, and the question kind of threw me because, you know, I was telling him that I had no idea what I wanted to do. <laughs> and he asked me, what do I want to do right now? But I wasn't paying attention to every word. And he said, right now, that was the key word. And so, you know, and I told him, or, or, or kind of just, you know, looked at him, you know, maybe a little incredulous and said, Bob, you know, yeah, I'm just tell, I'm telling you, I don't know what I want to do. He goes, no, like, what do you want to do right now? Like right this moment, not for money, not for, for you. Like, what would you like to do right now? That would be fun. And I said, well, I'd like to go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, well, Find a way to make money doing that. So Pop, you know, Pop sent me on a career path and he did it, you know, in, in, in between bites of his steak. So, you know, I owe it all to him. I really do because he gave me baseball. He gave me the genetics that uh, helped me excel in the gym. And then he gave me the advice when I was lost um, to get back to it. Well, we're going to say thanks to your dad that you got back into baseball and that you're giving back to the game of baseball. And like I said, I had a chance to see you twice. First time I saw you working out by yourself. Second time I seen you, you had a group of young men in there with you. So I take it that these young men buy in to what you're doing. So tell me a little bit about Life Prep Academy and their baseball program. Well, that was um, that was an opportunity that, you know, if I could talk about my mom a little bit, you know, my my dad is the practical voice and my mom is the voice of faith. And mm -hmm. my mom, you know, she always talks about and preaches, you know, staying humble and, you know, doing things the right way and doors will open up, opportunities will arise. And um, I was new in Wichita, and I wanted to play baseball. I was trying to find an adult league to play, and I was able to find one. And so I made a connection with a lot of the guys on the team, but one of the guys in particular happened to be an assistant strength coach on the life prep team. So we got we got connected. We really had a, a bond, and he – he noticed, he took notice that I really had a passion for strength and conditioning. So Life Prep's baseball program is a program on the rise. 
we have a name. We have notoriety as a program that takes baseball very seriously, can develop talent, as well as a school that is not going to put education uh, on the back burner. And so um, the, a lot of the kids are international. Mm -hmm. So it's a unique opportunity because you are more than a coach in many respects. Um, they'll talk to you about what they've got going on personally. You know, they'll talk to you about the challenges that they have being in Wichita as opposed to their, their, where they're from. You know, and all of these bonds, all these connections, they're important to helping them get where they want to go, where they told us they want to go. They want to get to the next level collegiately, scholastically. And so the cool thing about it and where I fit in was that a, a lot of these kids, when you just talk about high school baseball players, period, they typically have many training years on them right now. Like that's just how things go right now. Many kids get personal trainers. They're, they're involved in camps. And they have access to strength and conditioning from an earlier earlier age than, you know, say guys my age back in our day. So when I meet these kids that have no experience in the gym, they don't know what to do, but they have every inclination to be the best ball player they could be. It was like an opportunity that fell flat out of the sky. Like it, it was a golden goose, man, because like you said, the kids are out there and they are bought in. They're, they're, they want to be the best ball player that they can be. And they understand that this, that, that what I'm bringing is an element that will play a major factor in their success. So it, it's really, it's, uh, it's really a great opportunity. Um, one that I'm really thankful for because again, these kids are all top level talent. Mm -hmm. They, they, um, they're all bought in, you know, and they're good, they're good men, uh, good young men. They understand their responsibilities in and outside of the, in, on and off the field and in, in and out of the classroom. So the opportunity to, to develop ball players, but also, you know, have a little hand in developing that character that's already there. Okay. It's, it's a great thing. So if I was to sum up, what you just said based off the question that I've asked you, knowing what type of school that is, because where I stay at, I'm basically a hop, skip, and a, a jump away from a place over here in Bel Air called Sunrise Christian Academy. So we all know about that basketball program, how they produce Division One type talent. So with that being said, if I'm not putting too much on the spot, could it be that Life Prep Academy could be the equivalent to what Sunrise is in basketball, except you guys are doing it on the baseball side? Uh, you know, so I'll tell you what. There's nobody that's involved in the Life Prep Baseball program from the coaching standpoint to the players that wouldn't say yes to that question. Okay. And it's because we – even if it's aspirationally, we know where this program could go. We know that when you're doing right by young men, um, and, and it's just in the case of baseball, because, you know, we ha our, our women's basketball 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they're fantastic. Okay. They're fantastic. So this is how it is. You know, this is the culture of the pro of the school, but we know that where this program could go. We know that we have to put in the hard work. And what I, what I see that really encourages me is not, everybody's not going to be on a hundred percent. You know, there, there's going to be times where you're going to slip up. You're not going to be as focused. There's going to be times where you lose sight of the goal. What I see that encourages me is how these young men pick each other up, you know, and the bonds that I witness between these young men, you know, guys that are coming from different parts of the world. And at a time when it's very easy um, to be, uh, uh, to, to see comfort in people that are more like you, people that look like you or what have you, you know, when you have a team of guys that are coming from all over the world and they're bonding and meshing together. It just, it just, it reinforces, you know, you already had a belief that you were part of something special and Mm -hmm. it's reinforced by witnessing that bond. You know, so that's how I know that this program is going in the right direction because we all want that for the program and the players want individually to be the best that they can be. And they recognize, you know, they got to put in the work. And they also recognize that at times they're going to have to pick up their brothers because, you know, that's what they're a part of. That's what they're committed to. And to go a step further, we're invited next year to the IMG Academy. And that's validation on a whole level because IMG is the number one sporting academy in the nation. Mm -hmm. And for them to to know that we exist – and for them to invite us out, that's validation. So, my question here is this right here now. It's, it's obvious that I know you guys don't play in the City League. So, what type of schedule do y'all play? And when does the season actually start? So, we'll be starting the season uh uh, late April, and we actually start. We actually play a few more games, probably about ten to fifteen more games um, than your average high school team, because we're just in a special classification. Mm-hmm. Because we're a private academy, so we have the opportunity to create our own schedules, and we go out, we seek and find teams that are looking for the challenge and willing to play us. It's always fun when there are teams that are not, because it's just that's that's further validation you're going in the right direction. <laughs> okay. But um, but yeah, so we'll end up playing about 30, 34 games. So, you know, considering that it takes my job up to another level because now I got high school players that are they're pushing more volume. You know, so you have to be more considerate with their training mm-hmm. in order to keep them healthy. We have to be spot on with pitch counting with catcher or with pitchers for example you know to make sure that we are fully aware of the wear and tear and the volume that their arms are uh, experiencing and that's something that just comes from you know the experience of coach Jeff who has been doing it as a player and as a coach for years on top of years you know coach Dwight who played the game at a high level and is now coaching and just completely committed to the children, you know, and then myself who 
as a strength and conditioning guy, you know, is 100% focused on the health and safety of the kids. So, you know, understanding the rigors on and off the field, that combined with the volume of uh, uh, stress of training, you know, we're really dialed into the kids to make sure that we're turning them out ready for college, ready to compete at the next level, and ready for the challenges that that brings. Okay. And I think my last question, and I'm going to let you go, uh, where do y'all play your home games at? Because I know you guys probably traveled in and out of the state, but for the majority, where are your home games played at? That way I can come out and check out a game or two. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, we are off of uh, Meridian Avenue. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm learning my way around Wichita still as a new guy. But we're down off Merid- of North Meridian Avenue. So it's about 20 minutes out. Uh, we got a nice field that uh, you could use some TLC. So we're going to put a little love into it in the off season and going into the new season. Um, but having you out for a game is going to be, uh, that'll be a, that'll be a true honor, man. I appreciate that. And we'll show, and we'll put out for you. You know, we're going to show, we're going to show you what we can do. <laughs> I look forward to the season coming up. I look forward to making my presence felt at a few of those games. Look forward to seeing you guys out there on the field. And once again, I want to thank you for being my guest and for riding on the train. Once again, Coach Ivan Black, strength and conditioning coach at Life Prep Academy. Get out there and check them out when the season starts. Once again, Coach, thanks for being on the train with me. Hey, thank you, man. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. Once again, Coach Ivan Black, strength and conditioning coach, Life Prep Academy. So, when that season rolls around, get out and check them out because I plan on doing it myself. What what I'm going to do now here is I am going to take a break. And when I come back, I'm going to get into some news about a recruit that flipped the script. Wouldn't you like to know who that is? Stay tuned to A Train Sports Talk Podcast. I'll tell you when I come back. It's your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. A Train Sports Talk Podcast. You're on board the A-Train Sports Talk podcast with your conductor, Anthony Smith. Enjoy the ride. Another segment of the A Train Sports Talk podcast. Your host and your conductor, Anthony Smith. 
so elated to have you. And today is a monumental day, very historic day. Because from all accounts, not only is the game televised today, but the game is also a sellout. The Celebration Bowl, sponsored by Cricket. That's right, the Cricket Celebration Bowl. Yes, there are a lot of bowl games going on. Some started last night, some are going on today. But the one I'm highlighting part of my HBCU game day report. The Celebration Bowl at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And news has it that they have reached a multi-year extension. I'm sure they will not be disappointed. So let's just get on into this story right now because this is a good one. As, once again, Celebration Bowl and Mercedes-Benz Stadium reach multi-year extension. ESPN Events has reached a new six-year agreement for the Cricket Celebration Bowl to continue at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, now in its sixth year. The annual college football bowl featuring champions of the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, the MEAC, and Southwestern Athletic Conference, SWAC, will continue to be contested at the home of the Atlanta Falcons through 2026. The 2021 Cricket Celebration Bowl will be played this Saturday, which is today, December the 18th, at noon, as the SWAC champion Jackson State University Tigers face the MEAC champion South Carolina State Bulldogs. Game will be televised nationally on ABC. We are delighted to extend our agreement to the AMB Sports and Entertainment. Opening the college football bowl season in Atlanta at one of the world's premier sports and events venues, Mercedes Benz Stadium, is something our teams and fans really enjoy, said John Grant, executive director of the Cricket Bowl, of the Cricket Celebration Bowl. We are thrilled to be the home of the Cricket Wireless Celebration Bowl, said Tim Zalowski, Chief Revenue Officer for AMB Sports and Entertainment. John Grant and his team at ESPN Events does an outstanding job promoting HBCU football, and we are excited to host this game through at least 2026. Entering its sixth year, the Cricket Celebration Bowl has established itself as a premier bowl game celebrating the heritage, legacy, pageantry and tradition of historically black colleges and universities, HBCUs. The championship-style game between the MEAC and SWAC champion is televised on ABC. ESPN Events collaborates with its sponsors and the Divine Nine Greek organizations to schedule the game's ancillary events, which includes a fan experience, community service projects, and more. Since its debut in 2015, the Celebration Bowl is the only Division I football championship subdivision bowl game. The game was played at the Georgia Dome the first two years, 2015-2016, before moving into its new home at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in 2017. The bowl is making its return in 2021 after a one-year absence due to COVID-19 pandemic. 
So here's the rundown of how things have gone. Celebration Bowl Games 2015 presents. 2015, North Carolina A&T defeated Alcorn State 41-34. 2016, Grambling State defeated North Carolina Central 10-9. 2017, North Carolina A&T defeated Grambling State 21-14. 2018, North Carolina A&T defeated Alcorn State 24-22. 2019, North Carolina A&T defeated Alcorn State 64-44. 2020, no event due to COVID-19. And this year's game, guaranteed to be a good game, Jackson State versus South Carolina State. So there you have the extension of the cricket celebration bowl. In other related news, yes, there is some more news related on the HBCU front. We want to talk about the Deion Sanders effect, so to speak. As you know, this week, some heads were turned, some feathers were ruffled. And it's the Deion Sanders effect. JSU, Jackson State University, lands five-star recruit. Top-ranked cornerback and number two overall prospect, Travis Hunter, decommitted from FSU and is signing with Deion Sanders in Jackson State. Hunter was committed to FSU for almost two years before decommitting. Hunter is a talented cornerback wide receiver. He attends Collins Hills High School in Georgia and led them to a state championship. In the past two years, Jackson State has a five-star in Travis Hunter, four four-stars, and a host of three-star signees. Jackson State University has become a transfer portal favorite in the past two seasons. They've had 22 transfers, including 19 in 19 in the 2021 season. Players from the ACC, SEC, and Big Ten have transferred not from, but to Jackson State University. In 2020, five-star recruiting Mercure Maker chose to attend Howard. Basketball phenom Mikey Williams has has Alabama State and NCCU listed as possible destinations for his college career. So, my question is, is the landscape starting to shift a little bit? Could we see things start to change on the college front?
It remains to be seen. But that was definitely a shocker. Probably the only one that could say they seen that coming was Deion Sanders himself. And I'm going to bring this up because it's been the hot topic ever since it happened. The Travis Hunter situation. I gave you bits and pieces of it there. But I'm going to give you the whole story. As Travis, number one recruit, Travis Hunter, commits to Deion Sanders from Jackson State. Hunter, a two-way player listed by rivals as an athlete, was committed to Florida State since March of 2020. There was also speculation that the Swanee, Georgia native could flip his decision to the in-state Bulldogs. Instead, he will drop down to FCS level to play for Sanders at Jackson State, an HBCU located in Jackson, Mississippi. Sanders, of course, was a star at Florida State before embarking on a Hall of Fame career in the NFL. Now he has pulled off arguably the biggest recruiting surprise in recent memory at his alma mater's expense. Hunter announced his decision during a ceremony at his school early Wednesday afternoon. Hunter led. Hunter had Florida State, Georgia, and Auburn hats in front of him, but threw those to the side and had his mother toss him a Jackson State hat to make it official. Hunter then unzipped the jacket to reveal a Jackson State t-shirt. And here's, if I can, pull up some of this audio. Anyway, all the commotion you heard was Travis Hunter at his signing day. Put on a couple of hats, threw them aside, and in the audience was his mom. And he basically said, Mom, throw me that hat. And while she was throwing the hat, he was also unzipping his jacket that had on the shirt, Believe, which is Jackson State. And he revealed the Jackson State ball cap, letting him be known that I'm going to Jackson State, Jackson State University to play for Deion Sanders. 
And there was a lot of backlash from that. But let me give you more of this story. This isn't the first time Sanders has lured players with Power 5 offers to Jackson State. Last year, Dewan Warren, a top junior college cornerback, signed with Jackson State after previously committing to Georgia. Jackson State also signed four-star tackle Javante Gardner, four-star defensive tackle Katron Evans, four-star receiver Travante Rucker, three-star defensive tackle Bridgeon Ross, and three-star linebacker Baron Hobson in its 2021 recruiting class. All those players had offers from Power 5 programs, but chose Jackson State. That recruiting prowess has paid off so far. Sanders is currently in his second season as the head coach at Jackson State. Tigers have an 11-1 record and won the SWAC title. They are set to square off against South Carolina State, the MEAC champions, in the Celebration Bowl on Saturday in Atlanta. How long Sanders, who has a 15-4 record as a head coach, will stay at Jackson State remains to be seen. He has previously he has reportedly interviewed for multiple Power 5 jobs, including TCU, in the most recent cycle. The early on field results have been strong, and now Sanders' recruiting drop chops have proven to be even stronger. So with the success comes the speculation of how long will Deion Sanders be at Jackson State. And anybody or and everybody that has a comment on that, some tends to think that the right opportunity comes up, he would jump at it in a heartbeat and leave the school behind. Me, on the other hand, and I'm also preference this, believe this, that Deion also has just recently received the Eddie Robinson Award, which goes to the best coach, which goes to the best coach in at the FCS level, which the football championship series, the football subdivision series. Okay. Just to have his name linked with Eddie Robinson, even as, even as an award, something tells me, yes, Dion could go on to a power five school, probably drag some recruits with him probably be successful at that level or he can stay at Jackson State and be the reincarnation of the legend Eddie Robinson. Of course, there will never be another Eddie Robinson. But when you thought about HBCU's black college football, the first name that came up, Eddie Robinson. Out of that came Doug Williams as a coach, as a as a quarterback. First black quarterback to win the Super Bowl as he was the quarterback for the Washington Redskins. Matter of fact, he was part of the resurgence at the time of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We had the Selman brothers, running back by the name of Ricky Bell out of USC. John McKay, I do believe, was the coach at the time. But he was the catalyst. I remember them playing in the NFC Championship game against the Dallas Cowboys. But Doug Williams come from under legendary coach Eddie Robinson. 
There hasn't been another Eddie Robinson since. And now Jackson State has Deion Sanders. What I like about Deion and what Deion is doing right now is simply bringing attention not only to him, not only to Jackson State University, but also to other HBCU schools. Today they're playing in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta where the Atlanta Falcons play in front of a sold-out crowd on ABC TV. That is a great recruiting tool. What's so great about it? Imagine how many people are actually tuned in watching that game. How many potential recruits? How many how many seniors are watching that game that haven't even decided, okay, where am I going to play my college ball next year? One of the selling points for a recruit is how well are your games attended? Look here, I I, I, I checked out some bowl games already, and I've seen a lot of empty stadiums. But I bet when you watch that celebration bowl, you're not going to see an empty seat. And if you do, there'll be so far and few in between. You get tired of counting, looking for them. The Celebration Bowl game pits Jackson State against South Carolina State. Do I need to reinforce that logic again? Pack Stadium on ABC TV. Recruits see that. Parents see that. Parents Sometimes parents are involved in their children's recruiting process and they want what's best for their child. If you are Jackson State, should you be nervous that Dion could be plucked away? Maybe to a certain point. But now I wouldn't, now is not the time to push a panic button. I think Dion is there not just for himself, not just for Jackson State, but for the good and the betterment of HBCU schools, that one, they get their fair shake, that they get their due in the public limelight, that they get their mention on the ESPN ticker, that when the combines come around, that those players get their chance to shine at these combines, that they get these invitations that are often rewarded to those that Power Five schools are PWIs, which is predominantly white institutions. Nothing against them, but at the same token, when you have your combines, don't forget. Yes, Trey Lance, Carson Wentz, they came from FCS schools. But there's more to it than Trey Lance and Carson Wentz. You have your Grambling States. You have your Alabama A&Ms. You have your Bowie States. You have your Arkansas Pine Bluffs. Your Jackson State, your South Carolina State, your North Carolina A&T. Oh, by the way, they play football there at those schools. They have players at those schools that also have aspiring dreams of going to the next level. NFL, you should look at expanding your invitation list to more than what it is. But this recruiting, this recruit, let me get back to that, has a very unique twist to it because, for one, 
who would have thought that a power that a five star would spurn a power five school and go to an FCS school? And yes, there is an outcry. I have seen some tweets, and it never ceases to amaze me how low people will stoop and aim their comments at a 17, 18-year-old kid. Some of the comments were, okay, how much money are you getting? Well, we are living in the era of NIL and creating deals, and these players getting compensated for their services, their Likeness, their images, their name, image, and likeness. Is it about the money? Maybe it is. But why come it just simply can't be about the fact that this is a young man that has followed Deion Sanders and wants to play for a coach who was the best at the position that he plays? I mean, by all means, get your income, too. Enjoy the college life. But don't let what people think of you based on a decision define who you are. To the people at Florida State University, I say maybe you should take a long look at yourself and don't look at what has just happened, but look at what it is you're not doing. Who's your man in charge? Do the players relate to him? Because when you had a chance, you blew it. The man went down to the high school ranks. When he left the broadcast booth, went to the high school ranks. Got his feet wet in the high school ranks. Went to Jackson State University. Started tearing down, but rebuilding. And in such a little short time, including the spring season last year or this past season, and then looking at the current season, now you want a piece of the pie. Well, I'm going to go on record and I'm going to say it like this, and it may come across as controversial. But In some aspects, HBCU brand is kind of like being in the outhouse. You go to your Power 5 schools, your Alabama, your Notre Dames, your Ohio State, just to name a few. Those schools are the big house. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to relate this back to a time called slavery. You had two types of people outside of the slave owner or the slave master. You had what was called the house Negro and you also had the field Negro. And every now and then, 
the best way to be promoted to be the field Negro, you had to be, to, in order to be promoted to the house Negro, you had to be good in the field. You had to stand out from amongst the rest of them. In essence, Deion Sanders chose to go out into the field. And now you will have the owners from the big house come calling. However, the choice is and always will be up to Deion Sanders. You can you can accept excuse me. You can accept the call into the big house. Or you can build a house. At the end of the day, the choice is up to Coach Prime Deion Sanders if he wants to continue to build the house. The way I see it, Deion is not only just building a house for himself, but he's building a house for others. Tennessee State has Eddie George. Then there's also Tyrone Wheatley. And now here recently, Hugh Jackson. And all he did was dip into the transfer portal and got a young man that didn't even sniff the field under Chip Kelly out of UCLA. I think Dion is building a house that no man will be able to tear down. This is your boy, Anthony Smith. A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor. Hope you have enjoyed today's content. Hope you have enjoyed the interview with Coach Black as much as I enjoyed having him on here. But you know what time it is, don't you? Yep, it's about that time. Bring the train into the station. Yep, that's right. We're pulling in. But I hope you have enjoyed content of today's programming. I will be back with more as we get closer to the holiday season. But remember, always keep your ticket because when the train comes around, we will be picking you up so you can enjoy the ride and the journey. Once again, it's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, pulling in to the station.